to Truck and hello and welcome to What the Truck. I'm Dooner. It's Monday and I'm here with Michael Vincent, the dude. Welcome everybody. It's a uh, kind of gray and cold and damp uh, day here in, in in Freight Alley, my friend. It's not not so nice, really. Has anything happened since last Monday? I know we weren't here on Friday. Sorry about that, guys. A little bit of studio issues, as we can see. Uh, we are both broadcasting remotely. It is, uh, you know, as we said, the ball drop didn't change anything. Uh, Michael Vincent, this year started out pretty crazy so far. It may have made it even weirder, my friend. I don't know. He got conservatives storming the Capitol building. The Browns want a playoff. What? <laughs> well, let's break it down, right? Because I long for the days when we were just complaining about being dad, because this year so far we had the Nashville bombing, which, you know, I think we've all almost forgot about because so much has happened. You had the Georgia elections. You had the Capitol insurrection. You had impeachment and 25th Amendment talk. The Internet deplatforming uh, Trump and far right conservatives on the platform parlor. Record deaths for covid uh, in the United States and many places in the globe. I mean, people are in the future are going to look back on this, Michael, and they're going to say, like, why were they always complaining about 2021 i mean 2020 when 2021 is really the bad year yeah it, it's it's scary to think that if this pace continues that 2020 is the good old days <laughs> that's that's not a, that's not a good thing well but maybe 2021 is like uh what is it march that comes in like a lion but goes out like a lamb or whatever it is and that <laughs> we can use it we can use it ask nick austin he knows he's the weather guy well the end of that month is my birthday so uh as a birthday wish world can we can we all just get along can we all um can we all make things happen we have an awesome show today i don't know if you if you folks watch shark tank uh, last Friday, but Matt Walsh, who's been on this show before, he's with Trophy Smack. He's the founder of that, but he's got a great logistics background. In fact, he used to be a top sales rep at Echo, but he went on the Shark Tank. It was a very successful experience. We got 20 minutes with him a little bit later in the show, but let's get down to business so we can get there. And in doing so, we got to tip the band. So thank you to yeah, our baby. thank you to our sponsor, Zembles. You want to crush your numbers? Stop random prospecting, right? Zembles can help you who is spending on shipping. Zimble can help you with spending on shipping and get you those leads instantly, taking your sales process from 95% failure rate to a 50% success rate. Go to start.zembles.com slash free trial and sign up for a free demo today. Do it after the show, right, right Michael? On. That's right. Immediately after the show, go there. Be there, be square, my friends. Hey, man, blast from the past. We're back at home, so I got my soundboard. So here's a little headline bumper for you. Oh. Been a while, been a while since I hit that button. Here you go, everybody. Let's break right. down. Let's break down the market. When will the next wave of trucking capacity hit the market? Zach Strickland he broke this down over the weekend on his uh, incredible chart of the week that drops every Saturdays. And here's here's what it comes down to: you can't create capacity without drivers, right? And looking at the non-seasonally adjusted figure for truck transportation employment levels as of November, there's still a long way to go to get back to those pre-pandemic levels. In November of 2019, there were over 15.3 million people employed in the trucking industry, where this past November that figure stood at 14.8 million, a difference of half a million jobs. Yeah, that's exactly right. And you you have uh, what Amit Moratra, who's managing director and head of tra- uh, and head of transportation and shipping research at Deutsche Bank, said his 2021 uh, transportation outlook is is the most bullish that he's ever written in his 20 plus years covering covering the space. You know, with the consumer still stuck at home uh, for the foreseeable future, anyways, uh, and income discretionary income up a little bit here with the arriving stimulus. 
possibilities of another check coming in and slowly recovering the labor market. Q1 should be one of the strongest uh, first quarters in recent history, from at least from a consumer freight and the e-commerce, right? You're looking at uh, current outbound tender rejects at 23.02%, which is its lowest level since August. And that's really high, 23.02%. It's lowest level. It's really high. And it made a little bit of a turn yesterday, uh, 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 Dooner. It's actually on the uptick a little bit. All right. So getting back to that almost one in four level where we're at as we're dropping towards one in five, moving back up towards one in four. That's where the trend line's going. Well, another area that's really tight, and we're going to talk to uh, Trent Zerbery. They deal with a lot of groceries, maybe not so much cold chain, but they deal uh, They deal a little bit with reefer and reefer capacity reigns the most difficult to secure with a national tender reject rate of 42 percent. Uh, and I don't know if you've heard, this has taken a dark turn, Michael. In California, they've started leasing reefers to hold the deceased, right? Due to lasting effects of various supply chain constraints, such as the uh, drug and alcohol clearinghouse, the lack of CDL issuances uh, in 2020, continuing constraints at dry school, capacity and reefer markets being hurt. But the dark turn here is, and this is something we saw reported back in the spring of last year, the uh, L.A. County Sheriff's Office and the, um, the L.A. County uh, coroner, I'm sorry, the, the county coroner, and many of the funeral homes there are now tapping into the reefer leasing market too because there are just too many victims and not enough uh, ground or corners to to comb through all of them. And it's a very unfortunate situation. Yeah, it's 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 very scary. And, and hopefully this reverse trends really quickly because nobody – I don't want to keep reporting on that stuff. It's very depressing. It's very concerning. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it, being bullish on the market because we're freight guys is great, but we do have to stress that a lot of the reasons we're bullish are these are sort of negative reasons, right? Just because schools can't yeah, open. Yeah. I mean, they're not they're not great reasons, but they are what they are. If you read the What the Truck newsletter last week or you watched our show, you, you know, we were talking about ransomware attacks and uh, here's another one for you. It hit short line rail operator Omnitracks. That's right. Nate Tabak reports that Colorado based short line rail operator and logistics provider Omnitracks was hit by a recent ransomware attack. And data theft that targeted its corporate parent, Bro Group, Omnitrax confirmed to Freightwaves that the cyber attack had occurred after the Conti ransomware gang stole data from a leak site. And Conti's different. The last one was Hades. So this is a different ransomware. There's all sorts of these things out now, and uh, many just as dangerous. The company provided no details about the incident and whether it impacted any operators. And that's also something we see quite often when these attacks happen, which if you're a customer, can leave you out in the dark. Yeah, it certainly can. John Spiegelman, Omnitrack's uh, chief legal officer and general counsel, he said in a statement, we're fully aware of the situation, but company policy requires we do not comment on security protocols. Omnitrax continues to operate business as usual. Uh, so the attack occurred, I guess, uh, sometime before December 24th, based on the timing of the ransomware, uh, the gang's post there, uh, Conti, I guess. The the leak itself suggested that the bro group, which owns Omnitrax, said in a statement, we're fully aware portfolio and its headquarters at the same location refused to pay the hackers ransom demands so <laughs> andrew bounds by the go. way you know andrew bounces extra lease is loving life right now got a bunch of the the gang in here sorry i just sent you a little audio we're running out of my board right now i didn't have our linkedin channel muted but thank you guys for joining us in the uh the channel today um this is the first publicly known case of the so-called the so-called double extortion ransomware attack in a U for a u.s freight and rail operator so very notable there numerous trucking and logistics companies including forward air that's what we were talking about last week right they've been targeted by an array yeah. of ransomware groups and this is only getting worse as i said in the what the truck newsletter which you can subscribe to by going to freightwaves.com slash what the truck two years ago eight billion dollar problem last year 20 billion dollar problem 
What do you think? Some experts saying it could be 30 billion, could be more this year alone. So you guys are all at risk. Be very, very careful with your data out there. And, you know, as we heard in the forward air thing, their CEO said that, you know, they did a simulation. They had prepared for this thing and they still still got nailed as well. Yeah, exactly. They did. They staged that. What do we do if there's an attack? How do we pick up the pencils and paper and keep things moving? And it still hurt them. And yet you're exactly right. Eight billion to what? Twenty billion. There's bees behind this. Dooner. Yeah. There's there, there there's money. So, yeah, it's going to increase. People are going to figure out how to get a piece of that pie. And with 36 percent of victims paying, I mean, they're, they're going to yeah. keep happening. And look, I, and I, I'm not going to chastise people who have to pay. I understand this can cost your business a ton of money. But the reality is that with over a third of customers paying, I mean, this is a lucrative business for for thieves. And there's not a ton of lift for them to even do it. I mean, all they they, they can automate a lot of these attacks. And, you know, as we heard from the Port of Valley, 44 million attacks a month, ever increasing, doubling since the time of covid dangerous out there uh more stuff going on freightways new year bunch of new newsletters the stock out it started last year as did a bunch of ours uh it's a uh, hunter carroll's newsletter if you like newsletters you can get his by going to freightwaves.com slash communities but in the stock out he was talking about reefer trailer orders right they're soaring as drop trailer solutions gain traction so drop trailer great drop trailer is great for time, right? Eliminating time. But what, what it means is you need much more trailers to accomplish that, right? You need the extra trailers that can be dropped and hooked and moved and repositioned and all of those kind of things. And uh, this is only exacerbating a lot of the problems that are happening in Reefer right now. Highly recommend that, Reed. What was, do, do you have a takeaway from that? I, I just, uh, it, it makes perfect sense. And it's actually a good thing to go to. I, I like it for the drivers. I like it for the industry, for those that can participate in drop and hook. It's a good thing all the way around for everybody, unless you don't have the dock space or the dock doors to be able to accommodate that type of stuff or the yard horses to move those full or empty trailers in and out. But yeah, it makes perfect sense. And it's something we should go to anyways. Should we call it to Liz Simpkins, Elizabeth Simpkins, Regional Underwriting Officer for Inland Marine and Transportation of Travelers. She's going to talk about special insurance considerations for freight brokers and what to be on your radar in 2021. We'll bring her up uh, right now as soon as uh, she picks up the line. We'll be talking to Elizabeth right here. She's going to be talking about uh, freight broker liability, etc. Hey, Elizabeth. Hey there. Hey, this is Dooner and the Dude on What the Truck. Thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate having you on the line. Oh my gosh, thanks for having me. This is great. So just for our audience, so they have some context to this, can you just give us, a, um, you know, the elevator pitch on your background and what you do over at Travelers? Sure thing. So I've been with Travelers since 2012. A lot of my time there dedicated to transportation underwriting. And in my current role, um, what I'm doing is working with underwriters in our field, helping them structure, review transportation accounts, as well as find new business opportunities in that space. Excellent. Well, you know, this debate always comes up, Michael Vincent, and, uh, you know, you and I have both worked on the other side of the table. We've both been with brokerages oh, yeah. and trucking companies, and the issues of liability always come up, right? We know the freight broker liability can be different than a trucking company's. Can you walk us through that? Who is responsible? What what does that entail? Yes, absolutely. So freight brokers really work to pair up companies that need to ship goods with those motor truck carriers that transport them. And because freight brokers are not subject to CARMAC, like a trucking company would be, they're going to be held to a different standard of liability. Um, acting as that intermediary, really, between the shipper and the carrier, they still face the risk of a third-party claim. For example, if goods are lost or damaged in transit, even if the freight broker doesn't physically handle the goods, they could still be brought into a claim. So, yeah, a lot of different things there going on. <laughs> 
Yeah. So, so Elizabeth, you, you know, those are gray waters, right? So it, it, how does, uh, how does a broker lessen their liability, right? How do they, how do they lessen that risk in facing uh, uh, these type of claims? Right. So good things to think about here. We've got a couple things that we suggest um, to kind of help protect them from those claims. Firstly, know what you're signing, you know, thoroughly reviewing the contract details, additional paperwork, including bills of lading, really making sure that you're not being described as the motor carrier. And if you are, you could be held liable as an order carrier in a scenario that may come up. So that's one way. Secondly, understanding the policies that you have enforced, looking for gaps in coverage, just really knowing what you have. Um, for example, an exposure beyond traditional broker liability could pop up. I'll walk through a scenario just to kind of help explain that a little bit better. So let's imagine you're the freight broker. Even if you're not directly liable for lost or damaged goods, it's possible the motor carrier that you hired who would be responsible could fail to pay. And those instances can really have a negative impact on the business relationships that you have with your shippers unless you're prepared to compensate them. So what we've done at Travelers, uh, we've designed some specific endorsements meant to enhance the freight broker's insurance program. One such example is the broker's operations coverage. This is meant to kick in only when the motor carrier can't pay for that loss that they're liable for, as I described just a bit ago. So even though in that case, as a freight broker, you may not be directly liable, this coverage can put the shipper's mind at ease and help preserve the business relationship, which is so important. Huh, well, you, um, oh, continue on. No, that's, yeah, I was just going to say the last thing I would point out here is, you know, implementing a strong carrier vetting process is, is huge. And the reason that matters is because the improper vetting of the carrier is one of the ways, another way that an intermediary can find itself liable. If the, you know, if you, let's say you've got a, a load of goods and thieves would happen to steal the identity of a legitimate trucking company um, that you hired, and they take off with the goods that you intended to have transported, you as the freight broker could still be on the hook for replacing those if you fail to recognize them as an illegitimate carrier. So there you have another way that they can be brought back into liability. Um, and by documenting mm -hmm. that carrier vetting process, you can prevent it from happening. Well, this is my own curiosity, and you may not have this data in front of you, but do you know, are these identity theft, like trucking company identity theft cases on the rise? You know, they've always been around, and the thieves, you know, the strategic theft, as we call it, um, they get better and better at it. Um, it's definitely still around in different parts of the country. It, it spikes and ebbs and flows. So I don't have the data in front of me, but I know it's definitely a problem. Yeah, I mean, we've covered stories about it. So that's when you mentioned that, it was just sort of jogging my memory. There was actually one with pistachios that Vincent and I had covered. But oh, yeah. here's a question for you. And you kind of alluded to it in the last section, but how can your insurance company help you as a freight broker? Yeah, your insurance company can help you uh, understanding how the coverage is going to respond if and when you need it based upon whatever contractual liability you might be assuming as a freight broker. At Travelers, we have a really high-level expertise in that area. Industry experts are going to help design and implement that process for better vetting the motor carriers, as I mentioned, and resources to help recover goods if they are stolen. So, uh, Elizabeth, I, I, have this, I have this question, too. When you were talking about, uh, you know, the, you got to vet the carrier correctly, do you need to go as far as, as vetting their insurance as well? I mean, you said failure to pay, but that can happen from their insurance company, too, correct? It could. 
Um, and definitely one of the things that, you know, would be involved in betting a motor carrier would be looking to make sure that they do have some kind of an insurance um, going on. You know, the certificates of insurance are good things to get and things like that. So I think that's kind of what you're asking. Yeah, no, very good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, if people want to learn more information about this, they want to get on the right page for 2021. They want the, uh, the insurance company working with them and for them. Where do we send them over at Travelers? Yeah, the best place to go, tons of good information, one-stop shop, is travelers.com slash transportation resources, and you'll find a ton of great information there. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate your time today. Thank you for joining us on the air today on What the Truck. Thank you, guys. Take care. Thanks. Hey, Michael. Thanks, Elizabeth. Michael, we're going to have a... uh, we're going to be having a guest on here pr- pretty soon. It's uh, Trent Zuberi's associate manager, logistics, finance, and freight pay- payables. You guys can't the Kraft Heinz company. I got to ask you though. You know, you were watching. Um, you know, you got that Ohio State hat on. Were you watching that Bears Steelers <laughs> game? They play over at Kraft Field over there, Heinz Field, right? Oh, uh, that was uh, yeah, Brown. Yeah, the Brown Steelers. Yeah, at Heinz Field. I did. I did. I stayed up and watched it. Of course, I did, man. I mean, uh, you know. Come on, we have a chance to win a uh, a playoff game first time in like 150,000 years or something like that. I don't know, a long time. Well, Browns winning and Rams winning were, were yeah, Browns win, winning and Rams winning two two big surprises. Uh, I, you know, I wasn't used to this wild card schedule yet either, so I wasn't yeah. I wasn't aware there was like three games on per day because uh, there's two extra wild card teams. It used to be you'd only get two of them. That's right. That's right. Yeah, there was a lot of football on on, the, on this weekend and a game coming up tonight. I understand. I, I don't. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, big national championship. You got a, Do you have a prediction for that one? I know we're going to get a little bit deeper into it in big deal, little deal. But do you have a prediction? <laughs> a prediction? I, I predict I'll be happy tomorrow morning. <laughs> well, you know what? We have a track from our next guest. It is uh, uh, it's actually just wait. It's Nevermore by Hemi. Let's play that track before we bring uh, Trent up. We'll talk to him about it. He'll play it forward for us with that, and uh, we'll talk to him about uh, how to make the best craft macaroni and cheese and what logistics are like working for a giant company like that. <laughs> And yeah. right there. Look at there. There's Trent Zubri, the man behind the base. He, uh, a man for your heart. By the way, Taylor Barker in the comments, dude, he said that that doesn't look like a base. Was he referencing the one you opened with? 
Uh, the one I'm playing is a bass. That's no, a five string bass. Actually. Oh, I know. He's so I, got about- the, I got that extra string of heavy in there. That's that's what's going on. That yeah, crazy. yeah. That was a definitely. He was, he was. Trent was playing a bass. No doubt. No, 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 no. Are you no, talking Trent, about my, my bass? Are you talking about me? You. He's talking about you, dude. That was that was a five string PV bass, my friend. That's uh, like I said, you need that extra bit of head. There we go. Look at that. Four string Ibanez right there. Ooh. You need that extra low low to get to, to get that extra bit of heavy. That's I like that. Oh, that's yeah, a yeah. nice one you got. Yeah, it's, <laughs> cool. a, it's a great yeah, it's a great plan. It's 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 really nice. Slides really nice. It's it's good, but I, I'm not good enough for there five strings. I'm not good enough for five <laughs> strings. Oh, Trent's like Trent, you you are the uh you're you're you know you're the you're that metal head at the office, right? When expect people over the craft I times coming. Are you alone or there are have you created a community of metalheads within uh within your own part division of craft? At craft, it's hard, man. I got to be honest, but I'll tell you what. I used to work for Echo Global Logistics, oh. which is a 3PL, one of the bigger 3PLs, right? And uh, I used to work there for eight years. And uh, at Echo is where I found my uh, my current lead guitar. The two guitars you see on on that video are both from Echo. I met them both through Echo. Wow. And, um, like, you know, lifelong friendships form, man. You know, albums later and stuff. So go figure. Wow. But at craft, a little harder. It's a little more... Um, a little more of a corporate environment, you know, not too many metal heads. Um, there, there's maybe there's one, one more guy with long hair. I was like, Hey, I'm going to be friends with that guy, you know? And then <laughs> went to him and he was, he was more into like Genesis and mm. like things like that. So I was like a little more low key yeah, type of a little dude. sludgehammer by <laughs> yeah. Peter Gabriel. But so you were at echo, our next guest who's going to be coming up, Matt Walsh, who just, who got a deal on shark tank. I don't yeah. want to spoil who he got the deal with though. Did, did you know Matt Walsh from your time at echo? I do. Yeah. I worked with Matt. Uh, actually, I worked with him more when I was in IT at, at, uh, at Echo. So I knew Matt. I did see his, uh, I saw his Shark Tank clip on uh, on LinkedIn. So congrats to Matt, man. That was awesome. That's yeah. super, super cool. Good for him. <laughs> uh, it was. The other thing I had, I've been curious ever since I saw it was because you, that, sh- that video clip you were just playing, that was at Impact Wrestling. That was an Impact Wrestling event in 2019. But uh, the great Snoop Dogg, yeah. he recently did the Snoop Splash off the top rope at AEW. How would you rate his I saw that. Splash? <laughs> Terrible, Ter- awful splash. I mean, I love Snoop Dogg and all, but come on. <laughs> His leg looked like it was going to get. I mean, Sid I don't vicious. know about that splash. It was, it was pretty good. It was pretty good considering considering his state of mind at the time. I was going to say mean, he might have been under under the uh, under the weather. We could say maybe you know. Do you, do you think, do you- you think maybe I, I love Spaghetti Man, right? Spaghetti Man, <laughs> indeed. Now, Trent, Trent, have you jumped off the top ropes? Because you know when you when you see Snoop up there, like I really felt for him, like how unbalanced he seemed, and it looks easy when you're oh, watching yeah. like Rob Van Dam do a frog splash, right? But when uh, you yourself yeah, have never been up there, I bet it looks a lot higher than you think. I'll tell you what, I work for. I'm a producer at AAW uh, Pro in Chicago, which is one of the bigger independent companies in uh, in professional wrestling. Uh, AW is kind of like the that's the last step on the indies before you go to TV. So we have like 100 guys who have gone through us that are on television now, including like Seth Rollins, for example, was trained by our owner, uh, Danny Daniels, who used to be an ECW. So um, I work for AW. So I've set up, you know, I've been on ring setups. I've been there to check test rings out. I we ran a show uh, one time. First time I got up on there, we ran a show in LaSalle, Illinois, down south. And um, ring was all set up. I was like, you know, I really it was just me and me and my other one of my other fellow producers and i was like i really always wanted to get up on the top rope man and so uh i did it nobody was around i did it and dude i'm telling you it's a lot more in, unbalanced than you imagine it's not as easy like it is those guys make it look so easy it is not that easy to get up there stay balanced and then i should like coordinate a jump off uh on top of which it's uh, it is a lot higher than you think it definitely is it's not i mean we've done it all of our beds and our couches as kids dude it is a whole different 
environment altogether when you're actually up there. Well, things hurt less when you're a kid too. You know, you're made out of like rubber. My yeah, six and four year old like <laughs> ran, run, run into walls, that's fall true. off the bed all the time, and they're like perfectly fine. Where I'm like, these could be like near death experiences to uh, to someone yeah. like me. Um, <laughs> let's talk logistics a little bit. You're at Kraft Heinz Company. Last time we caught up with you, we were talking a little bit about pandemic shopping and buying that happened in the spring yeah. and how Kraft uh, reacted. What what did the rest of your what did holiday shopping look like for Kraft and from from where you're sitting? And what do you think logistics for for your space are going to look like as you move into this quarter? I, you know, it's it's weird. I mean, it, we we rounded out pretty well. I got to say, I'm obviously the the panic buying was a huge boost uh, for Kraft because of the box goods and and the type of products we make. But uh, obviously, it leveled off a little bit as uh, supply kind of found its way to be, you know, to to, to find itself you know, to the shelves, and it wasn't as insane as people thought it would be. But uh, it, I think it halted a little bit of new product innovation, but at the same time, it, it upped our supply, so we kept it pretty strong. Like I said, we rounded the year off pretty nicely. And I think, I don't know, man. I mean, I mean, there's a vaccine out now. You know, obviously things are, there's some people's mental state, if anything, is calming down more than maybe the actuality of the whole thing is. So I, the, the panic buying isn't there. But, uh, you know, people are still, uh, craft products are still such a staple in a, in, in, in a kitchen. And on top of which, some of that panic buying probably led to some brand loyalty. Maybe people tried out things they never did before. They gave it a shot. They're like, you know, I actually liked how that worked out. That was easy. You know, some of these instant meals worked out, some of these microwavable things, whatever it may be. I think I think we gained a lot of new consumers that way, too, which I thought was very interesting. I thought you say, wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, so it, it is a staple. You're exactly right. And I think the last time yeah. you're on the show, we, we established that it is important to keep Heinz ketchup uh, in, in your in your glove box in case you write for sustenance. Did we not? Did we not? Uh, did we not make that clear that you yes. need to keep that and get stranded in the cold? You, you can live on it actually for days at a time, right? You, you can. It's got a bunch of different food groups in there. But the other thing, but the reason you keep it in your car is because when you go to, you know, let's say you go to drive-thru, right? Which you should, you know, I mean, uh, if you're being health conscious, you're not going to too many drive-thrus, but you, go to drive <laughs> you get your, you get your fries, right? And you're like, can I get, like, you want some ketchup? Like, yeah, I'll take some ketchup. And they give you like two little packs for like a large fry, right? So you're like, yeah, no way. You know, I got that figured out. And you go to your glove box and you got your Heinz bottle and it's right there and it stays refrigerated. If you live in the Midwest, it stays nice and refrigerated in your car anyway. So you're good to go. Now you yeah, you are good to go. Who wants to open ten little packets when you can hit, bring out a little twenty four ounce bottle? Right? It's like a whole. Yeah, I'm telling you, right. keep it in your glove box. Bottle keep it in your glove box. Heinz pays, you it pays the bills, everybody. You, that's, uh, I'm just plugging it because it pays the. It pays for this whole empire <laughs> I live in right here. So keep <laughs> that's right. keep plug keep keep that Heinz in your glove box. Try, try. I, you know, you talk about loyalty, right? Too and consumer loyalty. I know, like, see, my kids got into that cauliflower mac and cheese, which is good because supposedly it's a little bit healthier. Dude, I'm so. I've been getting it's that good. Kind of, it actually tastes good. But in terms of how about in terms of freight loyalty, did your partners come through in 2020? And what are you looking for out of your partners in 2021? They definitely came through. Uh, I work more on the on that 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 um, finance end of uh, with our partners and whatnot. And I got to say, man, they they all delivered. Um, I'm not I'm not part of like our bids and things like that, but I do kind of get the the roll down from that. But uh, I know that. They they all stepped up. New carriers stepped up. They 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 uh, fulfilled whatever capacity we needed. They took care of it. I saw so much more activity. I mean, obviously, the activity was higher, but that's great. That's great for everybody. Um, and I know that our 2021, speaking of like our procurement teams, things like that, they're all pretty happy. And there's a lot of new. There's good contracts. There's good healthy deals on the table now for this year. Um, you know, more projection, more high like higher projected shipments this year. But again, because I think I think we we increased you know some market we uh, 
we we increase some some more consumer base. So there's there's more to ship essentially at the end of the day. Like in the layman's term, there's more to go and more places to go. And uh, I think our carriers have absolutely stepped up. I saw it. I I saw how patient they were with us. How we were with them. It was a great relationship building year, despite everything going on. It was a great year to build relationships in that sense. That's excellent stuff, Trent. So we we yeah. were talking to uh, Travelers Insurance, right? About about theft. Mm-hmm. Is that a big thing in with 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 your products and in the grocery store? I know in the grocery store, there's high as uh, there. It's a highly targeted area to to, to uh, for theft. Are you seeing that as well? I, I didn't get too much word of it, to be honest. I mean, it's something that didn't, if it was happening, I didn't hear about it, uh, really. I, it, it, I don't know if it would even come towards my end, but uh, yeah, one of those things where it's like, I, I didn't, I, to be honest, I didn't hear it at all. I didn't hear anything like that. I'm sure it happens, but it never really uh, hit my teams or, or anybody I'm kind of linked with. So it's an interesting question. I'd like to look into that. I'd be, I'd be curious to just kind of poke around and see if that's something we were faced with at all. Yeah, I mean, there might be a complete death division that that handles that kind of thing. But good yeah. news that that problem doesn't fall on your uh, no on, on your desk. I don't have not my, on your plate. I don't have my. Wheel. I'd rather leave that to those guys. <laughs> I, I don't have my wheel with me. I don't have my wheel with me, so I can't. Uh, I can't spin it to ask you stupid questions. So I'll just come up with one. What metal? Sure. What non-metal song do you think needs a metal treatment? Man, ah, this is a great question. This is a really good question. I've been listening to. Um, there's a lot of Eddie Money lately. I've been in a very Eddie Money mood lately. You know, maybe oh, um, not, not that he wasn't money. somewhat, he had a little hard element to it, but he's more poppy. Man, if I could do Walk on Water by Eddie Money in a metal version, I'm in, man. I I, I don't know what it is. I'm just, like, I, I get, I'm going through my vinyl again, and I'm like, I really had a lot of Eddie Money on vinyl. I don't know. I was just rocking it. I'm like, man, he was really damn good. And so I'm like, I would love to cover an Eddie Money song. I just metalize it. Do us, a, do us a favor. Go and grab. Go and grab any random. Go and grab any random record from that. Uh, even close your eyes. Grab a random record from that vinyl close shop my behind eyes? you. I got. Yeah. I just brought a stack over here. Oh, I got, got one right next to me. Give me okay. a second. I'll, right. I'll pull it over here. Hang All on. right, now, Michael Vincent, you <laughs> guess what it's going to be. What's that? What is what is mine? No, what is his going to be? You guessed this vinyl record he's going to pull. What do you think it's going to be? Yes, guys, I'm, I'm back. Up, what is, what is it going to be? It's going to be uh, uh, based on what he'd say. A, a fly like an eagle, maybe. <laughs> no, that's a good choice. What else you got? Wait, so give me, give me uh, one more guess, gentlemen. I got the Bears, very Bears Super Bowl. Very eclectic, very eclectic taste. Is it yeah. uh, Bears Super Bowl Shuffle? Uh, I'm going Bears. I'm, Bears I'm live. Silver Bullet Band Live. Bears Super Bowl Shuffle. Silver Bullet Band Live, but it's not it. But my my <sighs> random reach my hand over pick, Frank Zappa's Sheik Your Booty album. Oh. From, uh, <laughs> this is a great album. It's, I'm talking, I'm a big Zappa guy. So Frank Zappa. Oh, yeah. Great. Which one? Which one's your favorite? Cheek Your Booty or Joe's Garage? Oh, Joe's Garage is fantastic. Yeah. I love okay. Joe's Garage. Cheek Your Booty is great. This is actually the first one I got into. And back, and by the way, points to you for uh for no having some Zappa knowledge. It's a very rare oh, find to find a Zappa fan. Oh, lovely. <laughs> very cool. Trent, I gotta say, I would I like go. It. I would go with the Punky Brewster theme song. Like that is that's a dark show, especially go back and like watch it from the eighties. Like Punky and Soleil Moon French is abandoned at the grocery store by her mother. She ends up living with a this old man who, thank God, he ended up being a nice guy. But like that that could have got even worse. You know, yeah. Thank God, it could have been very bad. It could have been like like the Different Strokes bicycle store guy. Could have ended up like that, right? I mean, we don't want that. By the time Webster's house got out, by the time Webster told his friends at school that his parents weren't going to be home, so those thieves broke in. He had to hide in that. Like that laundry shoot behind the grandfather Croft clock. <laughs> yes. I'll tell you what, you mentioned 80s sitcoms. One of my one of my proudest accomplishments, as as you could say, uh, for of 2020 is I went back 
and I watched the entire TGIF lineup. Like, oh. I'm talking all of them. Like, you guys, I'm an 80s kid, right? So I grew up on TGIF. I'm talking Family Matters, Perfect Strangers, Full House, Step by Step, Hang with Mr. Cooper. I, I watched them all wow. during the pandemic. And I got to say, no BS, they all still hold up. 100%. Yeah. They all still hold up. <laughs> Many of them, Trent, all I, on Hulu, by the way. Go Trent, on Hulu. Boy, full House or Fuller House? Full House or Fuller House? Craig Fuller House. Fuller House. I, I did watch Fuller House during this, too. I yeah. kind of sidebarred into Fuller House. Super cheesy, but an easy watch. And, uh, yeah. But, exactly. uh, but yeah. come on, the original all day. Well, Trent, original all yeah. day. Trent, we, never, Trent, yeah. we never have enough time with you. We do have to get to Matt Walsh to celebrate <laughs> what happened on Shark Tank and talk to another Absolutely. Echo guy, another one from the tri- from uh, your tribe of former Echo workers. Um, but if people want to reach yeah. out, they want to yes. connect with you, where do I send them? You can send it uh, Trent Zuberi over uh, at Trent Zuberi on Twitter. Great place to connect with me or hemimusic.com is the band. Uh, connect with me on either one. Uh, we're definitely, we're very... Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter a lot. I do a lot, a lot of different things going on, podcasting, music, all sorts of stuff. So connect with me, Transiberry on Twitter. It's the best way to get a hold of me. Thanks again, Trent. We really appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. And congrats to Matt, man. That's awesome. Fellow Echo alumni. And, and congrats. I, 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 I don't blame you guys for leaving a guy talking about TGIF to go to a guy who was on Shark Tank. I mean, I can't blame <laughs> you for that. <laughs> that's another Friday show, though. So, you know, that's the new TGIF. Take it easy, Trent. We love you, you brother. It, Thank you, guys. Love you back soon. Have a good one, man. Take it easy. Right, Trent. Be cool. All right, we mentioned, I don't know if you, did you see the episode? It was, it was amazing. We've had him on here. He showed us his, his awesome fantasy trophies. Uh, I haven't gotten the belt he promised us in the mail yet, but maybe now that he has a, a little bit of backing behind him, maybe we'll see that from Matt. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if that's, <laughs> that's why he got the, uh, the deal was to send us a belt. I did not. I did not watch it. I, I, uh, uh, we'll lie next time. time. Thank you. Matt, <laughs> Matt, <laughs> Matt, Matt well, thank you for joining us on What the Trunk. I watched and I saw an amazing clip, an amazing quote from you that uh, you said to the Sharks out there. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on the air with us. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me. The adrenaline is still high. I do. The adrenaline, the adrenaline for me was high. And you, I love that you made it up. I don't know if you, did you consciously make it a point to impress upon those sharks, your logistic background? Because it seemed like that to me because logistics came up multiple times. One time you had this great quote from your professor. What was it? Oh, I love, I love that you clipped that dinner and put it on LinkedIn. So I got invaluable advice when I was in college from a professor. If I want to be a successful entrepreneur, I need to get into supply chain logistics to really understand the nuts and bolts and how businesses operate and execute. And uh, that that statement holds true for everybody. I I love that that made the cut in air. Now, so what happened, Michael, because you didn't see it, so we'll explain to you the awesome moment that happened there, is that this was sort of like foreshadowing for a little bit later when the Sharks started asking some tough questions. They were like, well, isn't there other competition? I think it was was Lori who was like, oh, can't I just go to any trophy shop and get something? And you were talking about the mechanics of assemblage, and Mr. Wonderful goes... Okay, it just clicked to me. Because of your background in logistics and supply chain, you have a major competitive advantage over these other sites. Yeah, yeah, no, and, you know, right. yeah no, go, go ahead, Matt. I was going to say it's absolutely right. You know, it's, it's, it's surreal watching that, right? And we were actually in the tank for, for 90 minutes. So I was holding my breath. What was going to actually air in that, you know, seven minutes we had? And, and that was definitely a big piece of our presentation. And, you know, really, you know, it's a fun brand. It's in your face. You know, it's uh, it's smack talk. It's fantasy football. It sounds kind of light, lighthearted and, you know, um, not a serious business if you think fantasy football. But what we've developed is serious. And 
and the thought in the background of supply chain that, that I brought to the business is is definitely, um, you know, like you said, it's what clicked with uh, Mr. Wonderful himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they, they, it's something that they bring up quite often. I watch that show uh, religiously, not always when it airs, but I, I watch it religiously. And that's one of the things that bring up. And, it, and it's obvious, right? I mean, to the three of us, knowing logistics, like your professor said, the supply chain is essential for executing a business. That's why many, many fail. And it's one of the big things that Mr. Wonderful and Mark Cuban and Hershevec and so on get into in the, in that show is your ability to scale and outperform your, your, your competition is your supply chain. Yeah, no, without a doubt. I, we talk about this all the time at the, uh, the council of supply chain professionals at CSCMP is, you know, the, the marketing and the sales, that's, that's the, you know, the warm and fuzzies, right? You don't, you don't see ads on Facebook, um, you know, get into supply chain logistics. You see ads on Facebook, make a million dollars by, by you know, learning Facebook ads or, or, or learning to sell, all of which are very important, of course. But, you know, the, the, the roll up your sleeves, get to work, a lot of time loses the attention. So um, it was very cool to see that being highlighted in the way that it was. So in my career as a podcaster, I've interviewed at least two different shark tankers. So I've gotten some insight behind the scenes into the experience, but you already said something that surprised me because they usually said it was about like 30 minutes of film footage, but you said 90, but walk us through the experience. How did it, how did it come about? How, how do you prepare for it? And then what's the pitch like? Oh my goodness. Yeah. So this year, of course, as with everything was very unique. Um, you know, it, it kind of changed at the last minute as, as the cases in LA were, were spiking. So uh, there was a hard pivot right at the end that, uh, you know, we were we were changing locations. We were going to Vegas. And I mean, this was this was next level. I'm no stranger to the boardroom setting and, and you know, giving a sales pitch. But we had over a week of full isolation, sitting in a room, can't leave the hotel room just to, you know, for the safety of everyone. So you know, imagine being with your own thoughts for this, this, you know, sort of personal milestone and bucket list item. I mean, it was, it was next level psychological warfare for at least for me. And then, um, walking down those halls. I mean, the whole thing was just surreal. You know, I gotta say, I noticed something too, when I was watching this, I, you, I hadn't seen your partner before. So I see your partner is up there with you and I, and my wife is watching him and she's like, isn't that the guy who used to be on TMZ? Like about 10 years ago, we used to watch T. I don't watch as much anymore, but I used to watch it a lot. And, uh, isn't, didn't Dax used to be one of the guys in, in that like uh, boiler room with, um, with yeah. uh, the Pied Piper there. I forget his name too. Yeah. Dax. Oh yeah. So yeah, absolutely. So he's, his background is in, you know, um, celebrity news. So I really leaned on him going into the tank because he's got, you know, he's got the 10,000 plus hours on the camera. I've got the 10,000 plus hours in, uh, you know, operating in sales. So, you know, for me, the deer in the headlights kicked in of, oh my gosh, the bright lights. It's not, it's not a normal setting, right? I'm very comfortable selling to, you know, a, a normal, you know, pitch or meeting environment, but it's, it's very different with the lights and, and you know, getting to your mark. So, I leaned on his level of comfort in a big way <laughs> in that regard. Well, Michael, so yeah, you're, a- you're not just pitching. You're, you're actually on a TV show, right? So they got to produce something that's <laughs> yeah. actually watchable. And so you're up there for 90 minutes. Is, is there a lot of stop and go inside? There's a lot of hit. Well, let's retake this. I mean, it's an actual no, production not, stuff, or are they just clipping up a real negotiations? It's, it's full blown free flow. So there's no stop and go at all. It's, it's all natural, but 
what what you know the the crew behind the scenes does a really good job is making it look nice and fluid um, because when you're in there everyone's asking questions at the same time it's oh, oh who do we want to answer so um you know it's a, it's a, it's a very unique experience but it's it's 100% organic and and, and free flowing now one of the things that i saw in there and i always have this this question i'm glad that this this kind of happened to you because near the end of your pitch Mark Cuban, he he put he lays out a deal for you, right? And then Lori raised her hand. She's like, "I have a deal." And then Mark goes, "Nope, my deal's gone." If you if you even listen to her, did it really play out like exactly like that? Where you are, when those deals are done, or is that just a dramatic moment on TV? It it actually was even more dramatic uh, <laughs> in there. So it did hit heavy and hard like that. Um, but there was even more like Lori says, "Look at me." And Cuban says, if you look at her, I'm out. Because he, once he went out, it was, it was wild. I, you know, I had eight days to think of all my clever comebacks, all my, my clever one-liners of, uh, of, you know, things to, to say, if this, then that, you know, as, a, as you do in any, you know, sales call, getting ready for rebuttals. But, but Cuban throwing that gauntlet and just saying, okay, I'm out. His offer lasted for one second. Like that, that was real. Where he made the offer. Lori says, Hey guys, I want to. And then he says, I'm out. So right there, mental hijack. Right. And he, and he knew, right. He's, he, he's leveraging that he knew that he was the right shark for the business and he wasn't messing around. So, um, all of my, my, my clever zingers went out the window. There was a little extra drama, but, um, that, that played out, um, you know, pretty, uh, pretty on point. Well, like he's got to be the perfect partner for you, right? Mark Cuban, like w- when you were in that hotel room for a week, were you hoping it wasn't his day off? Were you hoping you got to pitch with Mark? And is that the shark that you wanted to take out of that tank with you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Me uh, me and my partner, you know, I'm, I'm a big Lakers fan, and I'm watching the Mavs games the night before. Like, yes, go Mavs! Like, you know, they won because I'm thinking, if the Mavs win, he's in a better mood. So, you know, every, every little inch of uh, – of, um, you know, thinking about Cuban and, and how to get a deal with Cuban was, was certainly mine. But we played out every scenario. We knew, you know, getting a deal with the Shark was important for, for a variety of reasons. So Cuban was, you know, being in the industry we're in made the most sense. But but we had sort of a plan laid out of, you know, if we do a deal with Mr. Wonderful, if we do a deal with Lori, if we do a deal with Damon or Barbara, what what we kind of position ourselves um, to to leverage the skill set that they have. So uh, it wasn't only Mark, but but certainly it made the most sense for us. Yeah. So now you've got it with Mark. What's the plans now, man? Where do you go from here? Take over the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now we're gonna be we're gonna be really, I think, um, uh, accelerating what we've done for fantasy sports into all aspects of business. So, you know, just being on the show here with you guys, Duna, I heard, I heard the plug of the belt uh, that we <laughs> promised you guys. That promise is still in play. Um, our, our custom full design belts, like right now our belts are molded for fantasy. We can't change that as part of the, the, the cast mold. But being able to design a custom belt on the fly with someone's branding that's front and center and really scaling that to, to touch any industry, right? Um, you know, the, the times that we're in right now, employee recognition and company culture and making everyone feel connected. You know, this is, this is more important than ever. So 
how do we leverage these awesome things we've done in fantasy sports to apply to just businesses and, and individuals in general for anything that, that is, you know, worth celebrating. Was Is the Shark Tank effect a real thing? Have people been reaching out? Is it as big as the What the Truck effect? Have as many people reached out to you after Shark Tank as it did after your last What the Truck? I love it. I mean, it's, it's close. The, the, what, being on this show and being Shark Tank is close. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the effect for me, just from a personal, you know, bucket list item, is is wild the amount of just texts and calls from friends from elementary school people i haven't talked to in decades that's that's a really cool fulfilling experience um as far as the business goes you know we did everything to prep we had six full-time customer service staff ready um you know everything was dialed in and one critical piece i didn't think of was i still had our live chat app live on my phone yeah. <laughs> so, so within you know the East Coast airing, all of a sudden I had 500 messages. Boom! So I, I couldn't even use my phone. It was just it was just locked up. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. Should we uh, get in some other questions here, Dooner? Some yeah. uh, wheel of stupid or anything like that? And what well, do you think? I think what you know now yep, that. He's got a little. He's got a little bit of backing, and so we don't have the wheel. So he these does. are and these are actually some not so stupid questions because they kind of have to do. That's true. How you're gonna expand? And you sort of touched on it. You're like, well, we can do more custom stuff, and you were talking through the vehicle of uh of that belt that, that we would love to have. But uh, what what? I have two. Well, I think we have two guys. So the first one is, what do you think would make the worst fantasy sport though? Say it again. What would make the worst what? The worst fantasy sport. Like what? What just like would not work to to gamify? Oh man. Well, I think within any sport, you've got that core fanatic audience that wants to gamify it. But the way that football is just structured where every Sunday you've got the 16 weeks, everyone knows what to expect. I mean, that's, that's clearly the, the winner in fantasy, but whoever is into a sport, they can play it, right? You're just going to have a smaller audience. You can, you can gamify anything. And, you know, as we, as we continue to grow, you know, we're going to be making trophies for everything. <laughs> I was going to say cornhole, professional cornhole. Uh, probably wouldn't you know what's that. funny, man? We, we had, so I'm, I'm keeping a pulse. I've, I've, I've had time to go through the, the thousands and thousands of live chat um, requests and, you know, our, our customer service. I'm telling them, Hey, let me know what's trending. Let me know what we're seeing you know, kind of come through in repetition from an email standpoint. We got a lot of cornhole trophy requests. No joke. Wow. Okay. Well, Matt, Very cool. I, Matt, I got to tell you, you know, we talk about gamification in the office all the time. And when I was the director of marketing for Aborn and Company, one of the things that I came up with was the social media championship. And, you know, I just bought like a $20 WWE belt and like cut out some, uh, you know, it was very homemade. But I gave it out to whoever on the staff had had shared the most uh, Aborn and Company content and had liked the most posts and moved that stuff. And it, and it worked really well. Do you think that companies are underutilizing gamification and especially awards for gamification? Is that an area that you would like to get into uh, beyond sports. Yeah, no, that's a, actually a great point and a, and a big part of our business plan in the long term. So, you know, I'm lifetime of a, you know being a sales guy. You know, I still uh, am a, I'm an agent in Sell for Echo, and you know, I'm very competitive. Anyone who's good in sales is very competitive, and I always want to see what the next person's doing. So, within a company, creating this atmosphere where 
you know, it's not, it's not an, a manual process. Someone isn't printing things out and posting it on the bulletin board, right? It's, it's gamifying how people's numbers are, are, are stacking up, right? You want to see what everyone's doing. You want to win. Um, partnering with HR tech. So for us, we're focusing on our core competency. It's making badass products. It's making amazing pieces that represent someone's greatness. But I think there's a big opportunity on, on the HR tech side to, to gamify that. And there's companies doing that now. And I think we'll continue to see that develop. And, and us partnering with those kind of companies where we've got, you've got this great software. We've got that epic piece of hardware to recognize that, couple that together. And uh, I think that's a home run for any sales organization. Michael, did he, did you say, did you just tell us that you also, you still work for Echo as, as a rep, as an agent? Oh, absolutely. Oh, I've, wow. got, I, I've got a lifetime deal with the freight business. I'm never getting out. It's uh it's in my blood, man. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, that, that's mad. So, Matt, if someone wants to get a trophy from you or book a load, where should we send them to? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll take care of business. So, for trophies, hit trophysmack.com. Um, we've launched a lot of new custom products just in time for uh, Shark Tank airing. Um, we've got uh, our, our, our bling rings, which I think I've, I've said last time on the show, but this ring right here that's blinged out, we actually designed it so you can put your own design on the ring. So trophysmack.com, check it out. Uh, We've got Shark Tank promos and exclusive sales up there right now. Wow. Well, Mark, I mean, one more time. I'm going to give you a little cowbell. I mean, congratulations to you and Dax and the Trophy Smack team. Uh, I couldn't be more happy that you're with with Mark Cuban and getting to keep keep developing what Trophy Smack does. Don't be a stranger on the show. Uh, We'd love to have you back in the near future. Awesome, man. Love you guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate that uh, shout out on LinkedIn. And the What the Truck Championship belt is coming in the near future. Woo! We love it, man. Take right it on. easy. Thanks, Matt. Awesome. Very cool. Thanks, guys. Thank Appreciate you, it. Man, uh, you know, nice. what, what a great guy. And it's so awesome to see one of our own just have the success from that side of the industry. And then, you know, it's almost surreal to have him on the show. Then you see him back on Shark Tank. Then you see him back on the show. And, you know, couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Matt is such a cool dude. Yeah. He, he, he was, excuse me, Mark. I'd like to say yes to your offer, but I've got a make a driver check call i still work for echo <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> well you know let's get to uh do i have my big oh yes i do look oh wait you know this you <laughs> I, I was gonna say i have my i have my big deal little deal bumper in here but it's it's kind of changed because now we we were on this one maybe we can do a little well, red, meat too. red meat for you Nope, there we go. All right, let's go it. Trucking, uh, big deal, little deal. Trucking groups condemn chaos at the Capitol. Do you think it's a big deal or a little deal, Michael Vincent? That trucking condemns it or that the chaos at the Capitol happened? Well, I think that's obviously a pretty big deal. No, that trucking groups uh, <laughs> trucking groups have stepped in and, and have have um, offered up their, their peace of mind. I, I, I think it'd be a good idea for everybody to do that. I think it's a big deal if, if somebody ignores it and doesn't say anything, right? Uh, I think that we expect them to say that. And I think it's a big deal if everybody does it. I, I don't know that it's a big deal just that, that trucking did it. But I think everybody needs to do it because that's not the way we need to act. No, I mean, of course not. And I think that we also right? have to avoid getting into that thing where it's like this conservative versus liberal thing, because those are extremists, man. People burning the streets during the summer. Those are extremists. There's extremists on both sides. And you and you have we have to be careful not to pull just all of us regular people in 
to that chaos, because I have to tell you, most people are against that kind of thing. And it isn't a bunch of whataboutism. This was the capital that was attacked. You cannot use whataboutism. This is, it's, it's one of the biggest disgraces that has ever, ever happened in this country, if not the biggest one. Seeing what went on down there. I was furious. I don't know about you. I was, I don't care who was doing that. That made me furious. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. It, and it, and two things that made me furious about that type of stuff is that now you it divides us even further because you're right. It's the extreme side that that did that. Uh, and that's not the vast majority of the people. And it, and it lessens our ability to have uh, coherent and, and productive dialogue between the two different ideologies or the five different ideologies when you think that everybody is a, is this extreme person that just because you're a conservative, you're storming the Capitol. And I agree with you also as, as far as the rage and the disgust and embarrassment to see uh, them uh, you know storm the Capitol and treat it the way that they did. Um, also, the inability to defend the Capitol was a little bit shocking to me as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on there. And I mean, this is it's, it's since 9-11. That's that's probably the most defining as an American. This is the one of the most defining moments we're for for, for worse. Right. That we are going to to have. I, I'll say it's a big deal, especially in the sense that there are a lot of conservatives on this this side of the business. So I think leadership stepping up and offering some guidance beyond just some of this mania that's happening online where it's just violent rhetoric. I think them stepping up and saying, look, we don't stand for this. We stand we stand against this. Um I think it's very important. I think it's, it's very important. I, I agree. I agree. It, it is a big deal. I think hopefully we make the next step into making the middle ground and conversation uh, uh, the big thing instead of grandiose extremism. Right. Um, another big deal, little deal. I got one for you here, Dooner. So an Oregon reports that Oregon Fox 12 in Oregon reports that a man was punched in the face, called a racial slur, and had his truck damaged during a traffic jam caused by a jackknifed semi-truck in Oregon on Monday. Now police are searching for the woman who's responsible for this. Got out of her car, punched the guy in the face. Uh, big deal, little deal. It's more violence, right? It's, it's like this this mania, this like rage that is infecting society. I mean, this is a one-off situation. You can see sort of any moron having this happen. But I mean, I, I feel really bad for for the driver. It, this the, the the we have a picture of it. Uh, I don't know if you recognize this woman. You can let that that police office know over there if we can display that on the screen. But um, yeah, I mean, coming at people with, the, with trying to scratch them, trying to bite them. I mean, this is dangerous. Not just for you letting your mo not just for the driver, but also for the person getting out of their car. You're in the middle of the road. Like we got to be smarter, Michael Vincent. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it, literally the guy pulled in in front of her uh, and she got mad about that, got out, stabbed his car with a knife. <laughs> Again, this is armed. And like, what if he's holding? What if he's holding, right? What if he has a weapon? What if he has a tire iron or a gun too? Stay in your car. Don't confront people like this. You, someone's going to get hurt. Someone can get hurt. It is. And I, and I don't mean to laugh at it, but I mean, because if you're that person and this guy could be absolutely terrified and you don't know who that person is. Uh, I mean, it could have been someone who's got a heart condition, whatever, and and feeling the, you know, calling him racial slurs, punching him in the face, spit on him, tried to attack the uh, the uh, the uh, passenger all for because he pulled in in front of her on an on ramp. During a, a, I mean, she wasn't like she was going anywhere. Traffic was stopped. It was a jackknife truck. Uh, it's just, just stupid. Just stupid. Let's move on to something that may not be as stupid. Let's uh, a little bit lighter. The Ohio State. Well, this might be a big deal to you. The Ohio State is a national championship game tonight. Imagine you got to think that's a big deal. 
It is a big deal. And, and first of all, it is the Ohio State. Yeah, it's a it's a huge deal. The Ohio State against the Alabama Crimson Tide. And it's a beautiful day for football, as uh, Keith Jackson would say back in the day. Yeah, huge deal, my friend. Absolutely. Uh, you know, last time we won the national championship, we bought or we Ohio State beat Alabama in the playoffs to get to that national championship game. Now it's in the actual title game. Let's see what happens. It should be interesting. Hopefully, if Ohio State can play like they did last week against Clemson, it'll be a pretty decent game. I think everybody will admit if they put in that type of performance, it's going to be a very interesting night. I'm not a huge college football fan, but I do turn into these national championship games. So, uh, you know what? I like you, brother. So I will be rooting for the Ohio State. Before we get to the next one, though, I do have to do a quick read here. It says it's time to say thank you again to our sponsor, Zembles, and the frustration of chasing dead leads and start using Zembles data. Zembles will get you the companies that are spending on trucking and logistics so you know where to focus your selling. Go to start.zembles.com slash free trial and sign up for a demo today. Yeah, do it. Right. I mean, just in a few minutes. Yeah. Don't do it right now, but in just a few minutes, we'll cue you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, what do you got from you, so Michael? Big deal, little deal tonight, man. Big deal, little tonight. What do you think? Oh, oh it, it, I told you. Well, if you think it's a big deal, I'll get your back on this one. I think it's a big deal. Okay. All right. Good deal. Then we're done. We're, I'm calling Vegas. All right. If, if you're on board, it's, <laughs> it's the what to truck effect. <laughs> Well, there's something really interesting yesterday. I don't know if you caught it, right? And and uh, this was, I found it really interesting. My kids have not watched an NFL game with me ever. I've tried to get them. They lose interest. Well, yesterday, the NFL broadcast one of their games, which is a very boring game, and I was probably actually saved by this, on Nickelodeon. Oh. They added slime. They added SpongeBob. They added Double Dare references. Maybe they went a little bit too heavy with some of the references, but they had like a, a teenage kid sideline reporter. I, it was a really interesting. They had sl- uh, virtual slide cannons in the end zone. Did you happen to catch any of the uh, the Nickelodeon broadcast of that NFL playoff game? I didn't, but I'll I'll go on a record of saying it's a big deal. That's a pretty cool marketing ploy, and it's a pretty cool experience, I'm sure, for those kids who don't get to go to those games very often with their their parents anymore, with their dad. I think that's pretty cool. I had no idea that occurred, though, but that's really cool. Yeah, Very and cool. the, the, half, big the halftime show was a SpongeBob episode too. So they kind of lured and hooked the kids in. And if, also, I guess it kind of works out if you're newer to football or newer to NFL rules because they, because for the younger audience, they explained it. I thought it was cool. Like it was obviously they were targeting like their 18 to 16 demographic. But I think you brought in a lot of us like 80s and 90s kids who grew up on Nickelodeon just to check this out. So I think you had an even mix of like, of like children and um, uh, adult man boys. Like, uh, I don't know myself yeah and I, if, if hey if i knew spongebob was a halftime show i'd have tuned in for for certain i would have been there patrick star is a color commentator solid i gotta say big i'm gonna say big deal too i think it's a smart move and i think one of the byproducts of COVID is that it's gotten um a lot of media companies to be a more experimental and for a good way and expand their reach expand their ip and think of different ways they can do it what the truck is now three days a week coming up wednesday right three days a week starting next week we'll be live mondays wednesdays and fridays at 12 p.m eastern time freightwaves.com freightwaves tv freightwaves linkedin freightwaves Facebook, but we have such an amazing, we got a blockbuster episode coming at you this Wednesday. It's with Steve Case, chairman and CEO, Revolution LLC. Steve Case, one of the godfathers of social media over at AOL. Now he is a very strong proponent of um, moving startups, right? Moving startups throughout the country, not having that big Silicon Valley concentration. He's going to talk to us about that, what 2021 is going to look like. We'll talk a little bit about social media changing. Actually, 
it turns out after last weekend, very kind of a prescient conversation. Thomas Healy, CEO of Hylion, will be on. We've uh, we've talked to him before. Mark Weiss, manager of Deep Space Logistics at NASA. George Abernathy, our proud resident of Freightways, will find out what's in store for us throughout the year. Follow me on Twitter at Timothy Dooner. Follow him at Vincent the Dude. Subscribe to us. What the Truck Fair Podcast Player of Choice. Guess what? We'll catch you on Wednesday now. Not Friday. Wednesday. Well, and then Friday. Take it easy. Love you. Boom.